The I Only Listen to 90s Music Podcast is a show for 80s babies who were 90s kids. If you were a No Limit Soldier, then this is your show. If you believe that cash money is not an army, but was a Navy, this is the show for you. If you and your friends ever tried to sing a song written by Escape, in Vogue, Shy, or Voiced Men at a talent show during middle school, this is your show. The I Only Listen to 90s Music Podcast is a bunch of 80s babies talking about all the songs and things that we loved when we were kids and teenagers. So if you went to the skating rink and you were at a lock-in, this is the, the show for you. If you think that Tevin Campbell um, was the original prince of R&B, this is the show for you. If you don't understand the the conflict between Monica and Brandy, but you're kind of on Monica's side and understand why Brandy got punched. This is the show for you. Make sure that you tune in, subscribe, click the little subscribe link. We're here. We're going to talk about all things 90s music. This is the show for you. All right. Welcome back to Mike Checker, the show where I do talk to dope people doing dope things. I had to convince her for over a year and a half to do this, maybe even two to do this. I mean, the pride of Temple University, dope playwright. Me and her have debates over plays and stuff. And I don't even know what I'll be talking about. I just think I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> about certain different things. And I, I'm trying to say myself as a culture person uh, here and there, but she's a dope yes. playwright. She also is a critic, play critic. She, I remember she was like, no, don't go see that. Don't do that. This one's going to be whack. Because, uh, it was crazy because I remember I was like, yo, I want to see Top Dog Underdog. And yeah. he was like, if they don't have, if they got these people in it, don't go see it. <laughs> he was like, yeah. they don't go, yeah. don't go see it. If they come to you, don't see it if these people are in it. And now she's embarking her own playwright. You still reviewing plays too as well? Yeah, here and there. Not I as much more on writing now. On, on a writing my, thing. My own stuff, I mean. So yeah. we gonna talk to my homegirl Brandy Victoria. Thank you for coming on my checker. Hey, woo. <laughs> Thank you for having me. DC, right? You're originally from DC, right? Maryland. Yeah. Maryland. Oh, you so you don't break. claim DC is Maryland? You can't claim if you're from Maryland, you can't claim DC. You gotta you gotta differentiate. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. You so you got oh so what you were from like what part of Maryland you from originally? That was PG, PG County. Yeah. So but you can't, but don't y'all say y'all from DC though? If you're from PG, you say you're from PG. You don't say you don't claim DC. Damn. Technically from DC, but it's like the biggest metropolitan area there. So why wouldn't you claim the closest city? I mean, because DC and Maryland have different personalities. It's just it's a different vibe. You cross that line, it's a different energy. So and it's all like it's a all street. love though, but it's all love. But it's just it's, it's, it's like bad. one street that crosses over <laughs> PG County to DC, and yeah. you're talking about it's a different vibe. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is though. PG no. County is different. I live in Montgomery County now, and that's a whole different vibe. People say that's like the bougie county. It is. I've heard whole this different, different, whole different vibe. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I get it because there's places <laughs> in every city where you like, man, them cats is different on the north side from the south side. <laughs> yeah. Vice versus same, same discipline. So let's 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 start from the beginning. Okay. Growing up in PG County, what was it that really got you into loving plays and wanting like really liking that that kind of you know, uh, thing. I've always been an art kid, an art nerd, really bookish. You know okay. what I mean? I was not like the popular girl. I was like a pick last at kickball kid. So I was just like, give me a book. You remember back in the day, you used to have the, um, did you guys used to do the Pizza Hut? You already know they did. They got that nationwide. <laughs> Every, well, every 10 books, you got a free little personal page. Yes. I used to bring it in from my school. I used to bring it in from well, my class. I, I was that girl. <laughs> no, I was so bad with it. So I signed up. I was part of two schools. Mm -hmm. So I, they had signed me up as I was an after school program, another school. So they signed me up as part 18, too. See? So I had two different sets of personal page. <laughs> We're showing our age right now. For oh, no, no. <laughs> Yes, yes. Being a broke yes. kid from St. Louis, man, it's becoming through. They to come through. It's a big <laughs> deal. Yeah. But I was always just like an artsy kid and like what was I your loved. favorite books back then as a kid? Um I was the babysitters club girl. My daughter's in the babysitters club yeah. now. You know they updated it now. Oh really? I believe oh, it's like that. brand new, like brand yeah. new. 
Yeah, Babysitter's Club, Sweet Valley High. I used to read those. Because <laughs> I thought I was grown. That was like the teenage book. Oh, know? yeah. You get into Nancy Drew? <laughs> I wasn't into Nancy Drew like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I used to read the, I was in the Hardy Boys. So I used to read the crossover with Nancy Drew, the crossover Hardy mm -hmm. Boys, Nancy Drew stuff. I used to read those sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Then I was like, you know, um, I was like a deep kind of like into poetry. I remember I got into like Nikki Giovanni. She okay. had like a book of um children's poetry. And I think that's what really like started me into getting like really artsy that I started writing poetry and into word and then as I got older I got really into that um and then ended up in film school and that's when I started with the screenwriting and then ventured into playwriting now yeah, yeah, we gotta take some we got you, you, you <laughs> I know I like skip through I was like, <laughs> yeah, you went straight through. like I was six reading babysitters club I went to, <laughs> I'm playwright like, good night. God bless. Good night. Like we, we out. Juices. <laughs> so no. So what? I mean, what was it? So when you when you were trans, like going through high school, was, was you like, and were you like what play the play kid, like working on the, the plays and the what was the drop the drama kid? What they the drama yeah, kid. I was a little bit of a theater geek. Theater not geek. Not, there we go. Yeah. Not heavy. Not heavy. But I was in it. I was more um, like very militant. I was like the pro-black, you know, okay. president of the the Black Student Union. Okay, I was that kid, you know. Yeah. So I was real into that, and like I said, I do spoken word, and it was always like the black man in America. You know what I mean? White. Always those you kinds break of. Break the word white. W white. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was always Almost that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that because that was when we was in high school, slam poetry started becoming big. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was really into that. I, I thought I wanted to be on camera or like a performer for a while because I always talk about I did Teen Summit. I was on that show. Do you remember? Oh, Teen no, let's go back. Well, okay. Teen Summit. <laughs> so you were on Teen Summit. Mm -hmm. I was terrible though. I learned. I learned. I was like, oh, this is not. So hold on. Were so you on there with the original crew? With, no. Uh, so when they had the second set. Uh, what was the other dude? Uh, because the original was Ananda and the other it was Ananda. Dude. So I came on the year before I came on, it was Ananda and Dejour. Dejour, and right. I came on when it was just Dejour, when he was just the host. Wasn't it another dude that wore glasses that came? Was that or was that when we was already going in college? We were already gone by that point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I wasn't good. I was and I was more interested in what was happening behind the scenes and like the show was live, and I used to miss my cues and they used to be oh. like tearing me up after the show. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was not so, good. You know, so there's places on YouTube that we can find you on Teen Summit. You won't find it. <laughs> I've, I've searched. I've searched myself just to make sure. <laughs> you don't know. But okay, what was the musical guests? That's what the, you know, that's what the beyond mm -hmm. that's what be on YouTube. Well, do I want to tell you that then? Yeah, I'm for the um, I know there's something somewhere because I actually um I had left Dejour a message on Instagram and of all people, Ananda responded to it and said that she had seen me on something, like seen me on one of the episodes. I was like, where'd you see it? But she never got back to me about it. So I was like, I know there's an episode floating around somewhere. What, the musical guests, what were some of the musical guests when you was on there? Um, Missy. It was a lot oh, of cool. It's definitely online somewhere. Yeah. Missy, L Cool J. I remember that one. I have, I have a VHS tape. Of, of LL Cool J on that one. So I interviewed him on that one. Um, Outcast almost got fired over Outcast. Why? I stopped following him around. <laughs> like, get yourself together. <laughs> I almost got fired because um, Ray J came. And so they sent us into the green room to talk to him to do like a pre interview. And his mother was his manager at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she looks at us, we're kids. So she's looking at us like we're kids. And there was a McDonald's up the street. And so she was like, y'all want something? So we were like, yeah, let me get a number two with, with, with orange juice. And like the producers came in and were like, what are you doing? And we're like, what's she Making an order. <laughs> but she was looking at y'all like kids, like I take care of the kids. This yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> we're so goofy. We're like, okay. <laughs> so you, got, you almost got fired repeatedly from Team Summit. Yeah, pretty much. 
<laughs> Pretty much. They started putting me on field shoots because those aren't live. So if so you mess up, <laughs> you can edit it. They were just like, just send her somewhere. So I was like, okay, okay. I wasn't good at all. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back. It was like the most fun I ever had and the most learning I got out of it. And I think it helped me. I think that's the reason that I ended up going to film school in college. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that was the, that's the biggest influence. The like, I want to go to film school. Yeah, yeah. Dang, so Teen Summit. So then you end up going to Temple. Why did you decide on Temple for film school and that, that route? Um, I liked Temple's program was, at the time, they've changed the program since since then, but it was focused on the independent filmmaker. If you go to Benny other- Boom came from, right? Benny Boom went there, right? Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, because I remember when I was looking there for graduate school, I remember that I was, I found out he went there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but their program was focused on the independent filmmaker. So you learn a little bit of everything. So you come out, it's like a jack of all trades versus like having one concentration. And at the time, I like that. So yeah, he went, yeah, he went to, but he's like 10 years older than us. So he, okay. he uh, yeah, so he did, yeah, he went to Temple. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got some cool alumni. We got uh, Tamron Hall. She went to Temple. And Tamron Hall went to Temple too? Mm-hmm. Jill Scott for like five minutes went to Temple. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess yeah. I mean, no, I mean Temple. Bob Saget. Yeah. Bob Saget. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a wow. That's a that's a that's a different one right there. Rest yep. in peace, brother Bob Saget. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So so, what's your experience there in film school? Why didn't you sound like oh yo I'm gonna go like why you're there was what made the switch from you being like uh, I don't want to necessarily be a screenwriter or a director. To go into the play route. So, um, I mean, my whole journey has been, it's all over the place, but it makes sense to me now. At the time, it didn't make sense. You know, I came out of school and I worked in production, um, mostly in DC, but a little bit, well, for a while in Philadelphia, then DC, and then I would freelance in New York and all over the place. Um, and I just burned out. I burned mm. out, you know. Um, I always looked at screenwriting as sort of just like a side thing. I didn't really take it seriously, but I took the production side of it seriously. Um, and I realized like, I'm, I'm an, a decent screenwriter, but I'm a much better playwright. Um, mm. when I started playing around with it, when I started, okay, I'm jumping around, but when I started going to, um, started reviewing plays, I started to recognize that my writing style was more suited for playwriting than it was for screenwriting. So okay. I started playing around with it. Then I was like, oh, okay. My style is more, it's a little just more artsy and, you know, cerebral and- What was it about being in the production, being in the production side and working in production jumper? What, what, what was it about that burned you out? Long hours, really long hours and I mean, that's an industry, at least when I was working in it, it was completely male dominated. It was completely white. And I would find myself in spaces where I'd be the only woman, the only black person in the room. And I felt it, you know, and <laughs> it's a who you know kind of a business. It's a really small world. It's a really small industry. So, you know, building relationships is really important and it was exhausting um, being the only black person, the only woman trying to build relationships with people who quite frankly were sexist, were racist, were, you know, what they were what they were, you know? And so I had a lot of instances, a lot of, of instances that probably in this like me too era wouldn't fly today, you know, but were kind of overlooked you know, or just treat it as like, well, that's par for the course. That's just, that's just the nature of the industry, you know? And I just, I couldn't do it. I was just like, I don't know if this is, is for me. So I said, let's try another route. Let's figure out some other way to still keep the artistic part of me alive, you know, but just in an, in another way, in a new way. Yeah. Wow. It was just, it was just, just the gang, the, the, that time it was just the hustle of it. It wasn't, you didn't have a lot of, like you said, a lot of spaces for women to be, be yeah. comfortable in as yeah. well. 
Yeah. So like those people just treating just treating people shitty, like uh, like yo, you know. I remember like I remember doing a shoot. <laughs> it was like it wasn't um it was this like senior citizens commercial. It's a commercial about senior citizens and something about like I don't know, life insurance or something like that. And I was, life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was um like a production coordinator. It was something like a more like entry level production assistant, production coordinator, talent coordinator kind of position. And the only black person there, the only woman in the, in that position. And we'd been working for maybe 12 hours and had not stopped the whole time. Damn. We were at the last scene of the day, the last shot. And I look around and all the PAs are sitting down. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's cool for us to, to sit down while they're finishing this shot. And I sit down and the director, who was a white man, for whatever reason, zeroed in on me. And he goes, I didn't tell you you could sit the F down. And I was looking around like, are you talking, are you talking to me? Who are you talking to? <laughs> I was so confused. The F? Who are you talking to? I was like, oh, okay. And he was right at me. So I stood back up. I didn't know what to do. You know, this is a younger me too. I don't know if yeah. I would have taken that down yeah. at my big age, but... Um, I just stood back up and afterwards everyone came up to me and they were like, we don't know what that was. We don't know why he zeroed in on you and why he had a problem with you sitting with no one else. There was no problem with anyone else. It was stuff like that that happens all the time, all the time. And it was, it was obvious to other people as well that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'd heard, I had heard that he, you know, not that that keen on having like black staff. I'd heard that rumor, you know, um, and someone had actually really fought for me to get that job. So, you know, that's my guess. I can't say a hundred percent, you know, for sure. But that's is my he guess. Still working in the industry? Mm-hmm, he's still around. Mm-hmm. Is he doing commercials still, or is he doing like mm-hmm. feature? Mm-hmm. He does like a lot of local commercials, PSAs, like oh, industrial. I mean, no disrespecting by doing local stuff. <laughs> But it'd be different if he ended up being like, that was Quentin Tarantino. Like I know, was- right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he stayed. And I'm not saying it, there's nothing wrong with the local commercials or anything. I'm just saying I didn't want him to become having to come nothing bigger. Right. But you know what though, to be fair, I, you know, when you go to when you go to college, I think I was so focused on technique. I was so focused on the technical. I was so focused on learning how to edit or learning how to shoot that you don't think about what it takes to actually work in the industry, personality-wise, you know what I mean? Being assertive, standing your ground, knowing how to network, knowing how when to be diplomatic. Like, you don't necessarily learn those things in college unless you have the mind to learn them. You know what I mean? And I didn't. I was just so focused on technique or the technical, this, the actual craft, that I, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been going into the real world, you know? And so, so were most of those other PAs, were they also people that already went to school as well? Or was it some people you like, dude, how you just, how, how are we doing the same gig and you you ain't got no? There were definitely, it was a mix. You know, there were definitely people who knew people who gotten in the door that way, which I'm not really hating on that, you know? No, 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 no. I ain't, uh, can, can you knock the hustle? Yeah. So, I mean, it was a mix, you know, so, for sure. Yeah. So then after, after you was like, man, I'm out of production, I ain't doing that. How did you get into play? Uh, reviews like that's a I mean I didn't even I mean I know I, obviously there are reviewers but I don't even know like, how do you would even get into it like how do you like who do you hit up like hey I want to review plays I loved plays I, I went to see plays all the time but it gets expensive going to see plays a lot and I was cheap and I was like someone told me you can get comp ticks if you write reviews so I was like oh I can write I'm a great writer and so I just started searching around for reviews like i started searching reviews and i found the publications that were that were putting out the reviews and so i contacted them and was like do you need more critics and they were like yeah come on so that's how i started really like you was trying to be cheap at first yeah that's what that's what initially started it i was like i love theater i want to see as many plays as i can but i'm not trying to spend 90 dollars a pop every play you know, 90 plus, depending on what the play we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, depending on what it is, depending on what it yeah. is. Yeah. So for you, like, so if so when you're reviewing plays, what do you look for in a play to be like, oh, this is stellar? 
this is just oh this is cool and then this is like bad like what are like kind of the things that you look at like oh, okay that was dope you're like uh. you know like would you go do you go review set it off the uh play you know when it when it comes to your city i would review that but i go into it with a certain <laughs> with a certain new deck city yeah <laughs> No, but you know what though? It's as cheesy as it, it may seem. Like I look for two things in particular, like how it makes me feel. And if it achieves like that suspension of disbelief, if you can do the production so well that you take me out of it that I'm not paying attention to, I don't even notice the transition that just happened. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or if you go see a play like The Lion King, they're they use puppets but there are clearly people standing behind the puppet, right? But it's done so beautifully that your brain just blocks that out. You get into the story, you're not paying attention to the fact that there's a human being moving the puppet around. So if you can get me to buy into the story without noticing like, oh, that was a weird transition or oh, that lighting changed awkwardly or, you know what I mean? This person doesn't seem like they're really fully engrossed in the role. Like if, if I'm not noticing those things, that's kind of one way that I gauge whether it's a good play or not. Or if I walk away feeling something like, oh, you know, that was- So it's not like you sitting there like, oh man, this Jaquarius uh, Thompson thing is gonna be, you know, <laughs> this way. You go into it actually with an open mind of like, just make me feel good. Yeah. Suspend myself, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm a snob when it comes to certain stuff. I'd be like, especially movie <laughs> reviews. When I was doing movie reviews, like, I already know what this is gonna be. I mean, you do for some. I mean, you know, you you do know what you're I'm getting. Gonna get the fish you know what that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But you still take it for what it is, like, right, and it can be good still. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, I could do a whole story about Mama messing up the fish grease. It may be some, you know, right? Pivotal stuff that's in there I didn't never thought about with the fish grease and Mama. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, if it's a good time, it's a good time. Sometimes you have to just take it for what it is, you know. Do you, do you feed off the crowd? If you like, damn the crowd, like I get like, they're into it. Do you like? Okay, well, damn, maybe I'm yeah. maybe not nothing, but they feeling it. Yeah, sometimes I take my cues from the audience. You know, if they're cracking up at something and I'm not, I'm like, oh, what did I not register that everyone else registered, or why did I register it differently than them? You know what I mean? I pay attention to that, you know, for sure. That's sure. interesting, yeah. Because I, be, I mean, I, I, I remember, I forgot what play I was watched was in. Oh, this has been years ago. It was maybe like a little local thing, and people was like shouting and stuff, like "Get him, girl!" I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Am I, am I on candid camera? <laughs> this is bad." But so you're going, to, you're, you're probably going with this like intellectual lens, critical <laughs> lens. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah, else is just like, we going to a play. We about to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And that's how definitely yeah. how they were with. And it was, I think it had, it had a no, it had a. a, a I'm going to tell you who was in the play. It was, um, it was a David Talbert play, I believe. Yeah. Okay, I know exactly the kind of play then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot who was in it, man. Oh man, it's Albie Shore was in it. Okay, yeah, that kind of play. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like maybe Brian White was in it. I I can't remember, but I this like 10, 12 years ago. I was like, oh y'all about this? Yeah. Well shit, maybe it's me. I mean, I think that those kind of plays, I have an appreciation for them. They have their place. They have their place. I mean, I think that there's a they follow a formula. You know what I mean? I think they know kind of where to pull at the audience and they very, very strategically go there. Whereas other plays kind of will take, I think, take bigger risks maybe mm, you okay. know? Um, and take bigger chances. Like, okay, we're going to trust. This is, if, if I'm making a critique, mm -hmm. I think sometimes that those, that those plays don't trust that the audience will, like, I almost feel like maybe overfeed the audience a little bit. And, and, and I feel like they don't think I'm smart enough for like that's what I'm trying to get at. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, they don't like, I can't get new ones. Like, yeah. I got, he shot her. Like, okay, dude, I know. Like, like yes, yes. Like, come back home. She's dead. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, I don't need, yeah, yeah, especially with a play. Like, they don't show back up, they did. Like, it's what yeah. it is. But sometimes that's all you want, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you don't need it to be deep and philosophical and you know profound sometimes you just want to 
watch the show and have a good time and you want it maybe spoon fed a little bit and that's okay you know yeah and like i said some of them are cool like you know so what is a play that you saw and you were like you thought it was bad and it was like yo this was actually fire i reviewed this play called red by oh my gosh i just forgot who who wrote it that's terrible but it's about um the the painter mark rothko and i was just like play about a painter i was like i guess um but oh my gosh the the physicality of the play so basically it's a story about the painter mark rothko and one of his apprentices is that a word apprentices yeah his apprentice and the relationship that they form and how the apprentice is sort of just like you know almost like worships him and how they're building this relationship and um but they physically paint on stage. Um, if you've seen a, a Rothko painting there, you've seen them before, whether or not you know it, like they're like these big, just blocks of color, just big blocks of color. And so they they paint, they recreate these, these Rothko paintings over and over and over again in the play. And then just make these transitions where they're like covered in paint. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen these before, yeah, I have yeah. seen them yeah. They're like, but there are scenes where they're like covered in paint and then they somehow transition and come out in the next scene, like just totally washed off and clean and like in a whole different headspace. It was just the way they just transitioned from one scene to the next. It was beautiful. I was not expecting to be into that play, but I loved it. Wow. And was, yeah. was it just a two man play? Mm hmm. Yeah. So how do you, so how do you like do do you think those are harder to do like the one man plays two man plays are those more harder or easier you think and we'll get into kind of your writing as well after that are they easier to write you mean yes. or are they easier um, yes I think that the less the fewer characters the, the easier yeah. it's less personalities to manage um, my dream is to write you know like a, a play with a bunch of characters I've there are a couple plays that I really like that do that well but. I'm not I'm not there <laughs> just yet. A good four character play is my max right now, four or five characters. Um, but they're also easier to get produced, you know, and it's people are yeah. yeah, people are thinking about that. Playwrights think about that when they're trying to, you know, to get their work out, work out there. Um, and I think that's why I'm a better playwright than I am a screenwriter, because I like writing those like smaller insular stories where it's about two people. The, the, the two people over the course of one day, you know, I like writing those kind of plays, you know, where all you really need is a living room and a kitchen or a park or something. And that's the story. So those are my favorite to write. Yeah. So before we get into your writing, what, who is some of your favorite playwrights? Like, if you like, yo, this mm. is like the goats. Of course, people like the greats, like August Wilson and Lorraine Hansberry and, you know, Tennessee Williams, I'm a little bit obsessed with him. Um, more contemporary, I like uh, this woman named Jackie Sibley's Drury. She um, just has like a kind of like experimental kind of style. Lynn Nottage. Jackie. Jackie Sibley's Drury. She's dope. Um, who else do I like? Lynn Nottage, Katori Hall. Katori Hall is really dope. So Katori Hall is the one that does um, uh, P Valley. P Valley, yeah. But she started it, as a playwright. Right. So that because that was originally a play, right? P yep. Valley was originally a play, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because the guy that plays um, the Jan Jr. brother on there, he was from Uncle the Clifford. play, right? Uncle yeah. Clifford, he was in the play, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yep. He's the only one they brought over from the play, I think, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's cool watching that show, though, because if you really watch it, you can tell that a playwright wrote that really that i was show. wondering that like i was wondering yeah. like how the sets are like kind of real staticky yeah where it's like everything is happening in this one room mm -hmm. and it's just yep. another person entering that same room and then yep. another person leaving it but it's the same exact room yeah yeah you can definitely tell um she's probably like top five for me um steven ali girgis is probably top five i just love him because he's like in your face like at dropping F-bombs all over the place. He just does not care. Like he's very, just New York, very New York. His whole energy, his whole vibe is very like unapologetic. Is he, the, is he, is he, is he, uh, is he, did he, did, uh, did he do the motherfucker in a hat? Yep. 
Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's, I love that. I love that because I saw that one on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you saw it. Oh, you saw it on Broadway. Yeah, when Chris Rock was. Oh, on. I'm jealous. How was yeah. it? It was good. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what to expect because I was like a motherfucking hat. Mm -hmm. And he's like Chris Rock, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was real good. It was real. Yeah, good. I didn't see the Broadway. I've seen other productions of it, but I'm. But that's him. That's that guy. Okay, I was like his name sound familiar. Yeah, he's dope. So do you think that would plays, which plays have been done well, you think that, that or, or been able to translate well to like a film and which ones you think uh, that didn't do well going that way? I just had this conversation when I was in um, Tennessee. I just had this conversation with another playwright at the Barter Theater. The t-shirt I wear right now is Barter Theater. Um, okay, August Wilson. They've done two... Uh, Adaptations. They yep. did one, um, Offenses. Yep. And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yep. So, I I didn't care for the production Offenses, the movie version really? of Offenses. Mm -mm. Um, I think I'm spoiled because I've seen clips. I didn't, think, I didn't feel. I didn't feel like it was. A, I didn't feel it. I get, I don't know if felt like I felt when I see Fences as a play, you get. The dad, it's like it was weird. It was like then it was maybe it was Denzel. Yep. And, it, and it's not necessarily actually everyone else. It's just that like it's like, yo, I want to cheer for Denzel. Like, because it's Denzel. But if you see the play in general, you don't like that guy like at all throughout the whole play. See, I feel a little different. Like I wanted to dislike Denzel more because when I saw like if you've ever seen clips of um like the original production with James Earl Jones yes and that, yes real good in uh, Courtney B Vance Courtney Vance oh my gosh like the way that, that James Earl Jones yeah. he's intense whereas Denzel took it down a notch in the movie he didn't come with the same level of that's fire. what I'm saying you can't hate him that's what I'm saying it made you you cannot hate Denzel I need okay, to hate that character yeah. I need to hate him is what I'm yeah, saying yeah 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 so that that didn't land for me, but I really liked um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, even though I could feel that it was a play. Watching the whole movie, uh, it just like screamed play, 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 play. All the whole room. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think it was the performances. Like Viola Davis was dope, and Chadwick Boseman. Everybody was because they're doing the piano next, right? I think that's coming. Up, uh, the piano. The piano lesson? Yeah, I think that's coming out on Netflix next, I believe. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. I know it's on. Is it still on Broadway now? I know it was. They had a whole all star. Yeah, so that's on Broadway. I know that because, uh, uh, you know, Denzel's trying to do all his films. He's got like a deal with um, Netflix to try to do all his uh, all August Wilson plays and make them. That'd film. be interesting to see. I, I wonder how that's going to I've never seen the piano lesson. Yeah, that's a beautiful play. Hold on. It's coming out. Yeah, it's got um, Denzel's directing it. It's got Samuel Jackson and John David Washington in it. Um, okay, so like the same people in the play that yeah, they're in the yeah, and it's uh, starring Ray Fisher's in it as well. Danielle Deadweiler, Michael Potts, and Corey Hawkins. Okay. Corey Hawkins is Dr. Dre. If anybody wants to know from uh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So there's and Ray Fisher is um. If all the people that like DC films, he is cyborg in the um, uh, the Justice League movie. <laughs> That's Ray Fisher, and he was in uh, season three of uh, um, uh, uh, Detective, True Detective. Oh, okay. so he's—I mean, he's a decent actor as well. So I'm interested to see how this is gonna go. You know? Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, so is there any other uh, plays that you think? Uh, well, or let's get back into this question of like plays going into film like where it's like oh, i didn't like that or i like that like you said you like mom ma's rainy bottle you didn't like the way that fences was yeah the other ones that you liked the transition i don't know i don't know those are the two that really come to mind yeah 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 do you like when rent went to like when rent went to film like I don't love when musicals go to film okay I, i'm not really a musical on film kind of girl so okay almost like Moulin Rouge and Chicago. I'm like, meh, you know. Did you like when they, well, I guess Hamilton, they showed, it was actually showing the, the, the Broadway version. Yeah, they just showed the play, yeah. Yeah, they, they supposed to do like a live action version of it, supposedly. <sighs> like a movie version of, you know, with the singing and stuff, but like in the resets and everything. 
I mean, on the one hand, I like it because it makes it more accessible for people to see, you know, people who couldn't get in the theaters to see it, you know, they can see it. On the other hand, I'm just like, I feel like it takes away from the experience of being in the theater. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like part yeah. of enjoying places that you're in this live environment, you know, it's not the same we're watching it on TV. Yeah. All right, let's get into some of your stuff you write. So let's let's get into some of your play. <laughs> what was your first one that you, that you got to go to production? Or how many, I mean, what's the writing process for you? Let me take a step back. What is your writing process? Um, I don't have, you know, really, it, it starts with a line. I Sometimes I won't even know what the story is. Like I'll just, a line will pop in my head and I'll write the line down and then I'll revisit it. And then I'll start building around the line. So you start um, from a line? From a line, yeah. Wow. And then I'll start building a, a, a story idea around the line. And I, I just have to be very clear on what the beginning is and what my ending is. I, when I write, half the time, I don't know what's happening in the middle until I'm writing it. And then I'll stop and tweak and stop and tweak and stop and tweak. But I'm very clear on what the beginning should look like and what the end should look like. And it's just me trying to figure out how to get there. But I start with the line. I go, okay, well, that could be a story about this or that could be a story about that. And then I start do you hear, do you hear like a song or do you hear like see something is like, yo, that's something I can flip or something I thought about. I'll do that a lot. Or I listen to people like I definitely am a people watcher. Or somebody randomly. Always. Like yes. Always. People are hilarious. You really sit down and listen to people. Like then, if you're not in a conversation where you just sit right. on podcasts, we definitely discuss healing. We discuss uh, aspects of psychology. Um, we discuss like, you know, you becoming the best you. Mm -hmm. Mental wellness. For sure. Health. Femininity. Parenthood. Dating. Definitely dating. Single parents. Um, and it's from a lens of two psychologists, you know? Yeah. So, um, but also two, two people who grew mm -hmm. up like with both parents, mm -hmm. married parents. And then like, you all know that Chloe and I are the youngest of our crews, like her yeah. siblings and my siblings. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it's from that looking, perspective. Yeah. Looking at that. life through that lens. Yeah. So you're going to get a whole lot of things from us. Mm hmm from us being women, mm -hmm. going through life as parents, and all of these awesome attributes. But yeah. yes, womanology, the study of women. The study of women. <laughs> you yeah. drink some coffee and they talk like, girl, mm -hmm. you know Rodney got three kids by three other women? Like, what? right. <laughs> exactly. So I'll, I'll write it down and then I'll go back to it. It's weird, though, because I'll write, I'll write like 90% of a play in Google Docs on my phone. It's a weird way to write. And then I'll go back to it. I can't write in my phone. It's hard for you to make you do notes on my phone. I still write down pen and pad. I do that too. Yeah. I still write down on paper. But um, it's because like the ideas will just come to me whenever. So I'll, you know, a line of dialogue might come to me. So, so it's stitched, is it stitched out randomly? You just kind of put like move it together at some yep. point? I'll start moving it around all over the place. And that's usually when I get, when I go to my laptop and then I'll start cutting and pasting all over the place. But yeah, it starts with my phone. And then my ideas, like I'm a night owl. So my ideas will come to me. Like I'll wake up at two in the morning, like, oh, got an idea. And then I'll just pick up my phone real quick and just start writing it out and go back to sleep and, you know, go back to it. So how many, like how many have you written that not, that's not been produced yet, but I'm so period. How many plays have you? Not many, maybe like, like one act plays I've written maybe Six or seven. But a one act play can be something like 15 pages or 60 pages. You know what I mean? So mine kind of run the gamut. And then um I have one full length that I'm that I don't love. And I'm working on I don't it, it needs work, is what I should say. It's not that I don't love it, it just needs work. And then I have one that I'm working on now. So that's really I'm still very new. So but you had some go to production already, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's talk about those, the one went to production. The first one um, was, <laughs> okay, so actually I saw, there was a contest that I saw that was run by the Southern Repertory Theater of Louisiana, where they were doing um, pop-up. This was during actually uh, COVID and they were wow. doing pop-up shows and they were doing them all virtually. And so you could submit your play and then if they picked it, they would produce it virtually. 
So I was just like, oh, let's just try it and see what happens. And it was a play about eavesdropping. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and uh, that got produced. And then after that, I started thinking like, maybe I should- How I many I mean, people were in that play? Like what was the size two. of that? It was two, a two-act play, okay. Yeah. Um, and I had written before, like I had been writing for a while, but I started taking it more seriously once I started getting some attention, you know? Um, and then I wrote, uh, well, I'd already, I'd written some other stuff, but I submitted Wild Horses, um, a play called Wild Horses to a lot of places. And that play like immediately got attention, like immediately. Um, it's gonna be published in uh, this literary journal called Obsidian um, in a couple of months. Um, it was produced at the um, Obsidian Theater Festival in Detroit, um, the Abington Theater in New York, and there's one other that I'm blanking on right now. But that was probably has been my most, I guess, like successful. And those, and that one got actual, an actual production, not just it got a virtual production, but it got an actual full, like full mounted. So, have you been to every city to see it in each one of the cities? Mm -mm. I've only been to, oh, it was in Arlington, um, the Little Theater of Ar Arlington. In Texas? Went, no, at, uh, at Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Arlington, Virginia. I went to that show um, and I went to um, a show of another show, I, another play I wrote called Worlds Beyond Wise in uh, Abington, Virginia, which is right on the Tennessee border at the Barter Theater, which also, was like, it was like Bristol and all that stuff over there, right? Yep. Right out there, yep. Uh, and that was amazing. that was amazing. That that made me be like, okay, let me really like take this seriously and see where I can go <laughs> with it. You know what I mean? Because I think that was the most. There were you know three hundred people there for and for a new person, that's that's great. You know, yeah. um, and people responded like I could feel the energy from the audience and. And it's like nobody know who you are, so you can really get the real energy right. from the people because it's not like, oh, that she's sitting right there. Right. Right. You know, so people laughed where you know I wanted them to laugh and got emotional where I wanted them to get emotional. And the actress, her name is Rita Cole. Um, this was a one-woman um piece. Um, Rita Cole, she's amazing. I think her her Instagram is I am Rita Cole. Everybody follow her, she's amazing. Um but yeah, and there've been a couple other shows. I did one called Rogues in Texas. Um, yeah, there've been a few. So have these people met you or did you, like if you walked up on the street, they wouldn't know who you were? Some of them I've met, some of some, yes, some no. Um, we all- you like community, don't you? Like you just be like, ah, oh, they don't even know who was doing what. <laughs> I mean, yes, the, well, it's, well, it depends on how well the show went, whether or not I want you to know me. True. But. <laughs> Uh, but I, I haven't had any any terrible shows. There was one that was weaker than the others. And um, going back to like what you and I talked about before, um, before everything, before we we started, um, um, in terms of like how involved I am in the process, that mm -hmm. was a learning experience for me because I was very hands off. I was just sort of like, oh, you're producing my work, yay! Okay, go do it. And I didn't really sit down and talk to the director and make sure that she understood the work and understood notes or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't do a whole lot of it. You know, I I asked her to explain the play to me, like to make sure she understood it. And I kind of just trusted her at that when I really should have sat down and gone through it with her and attended a few rehearsals because there were just there's some of the nuance was was missed. You know what I mean? Some of the jokes weren't they were delivered a little awkwardly that I could tell she didn't understand the joke or she missed the joke herself. Oh, the director. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I knew that because when I saw the show mounted or produced someplace else, they were spot on. Like they understood it completely. And it was a, com a totally different response, totally different energy. So I knew that I just hadn't, I hadn't done my work. Did you do the work part. on that one? Did you talk to them more? Okay. You yeah. gave them a little bit more handholding at the beginning. Yeah. With that, that yeah. next time. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so what? So what's what's next in the brewing up for you? Like you got, you know, what you what you what can just, people be looking for? I'm just writing a lot and um, applying for residencies. I'm really trying to just like 
hone my craft and get stronger and build up my community. Like I said, um, the play Wild Horses will be published in a couple of months in um, the journals called Obsidian Literature and Arts in the African Diaspora. I think I said that correctly. Um, and that should be out. It's actually issue 48.1. So it's Obsidian. What's the name of it again? Obsidian. Hold on. I'm going to tell you because I totally forgot myself. Obsidian Literature and Arts in the African Diaspora. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're out of Norman, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They brought yeah. the world from us. Yeah. Is so, that State? Okay, University. Yeah, so that'll be out um, pretty soon. So that's really what people oh. can can look forward to. And hopefully I'll, um, like I said, I've been talking to different theaters and seeing what we can do. So we'll see what happens. I have to plug you with the uh, my, my my person over at the Black Rep uh, here in St. Louis and see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to, I have to, I'll connect y'all on IG. Um, yes, for sure. I so this my, this is our last part. This is the toughest part of the interview. Okay. We call it is this or that. You got two different things you could choose, only one. Okay. Okay. All right. First up, Lorraine Hansberry or August Wilson. August Wilson. Ooh. Okay. Cosby Show or Different World? Different World. Okay, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> all right, Nas or Jay-Z? Nas. Okay, all right, all right. All right. Immediately. Yeah, yeah you, I mean, you you firing off on all cylinders. <laughs> all right, next up, Denzel Washington or Lawrence Fishburne? Oh, you got me. Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. Yeah. Are you one of those people that believe that Denzel Washington plays himself in every film? I want to see him do more character work. I want to see him like play a pirate or something, just something different. But he's gonna be Denzel's a pirate. That's the thing. See, that's what that's the thing. That's why I say Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I mean, and I love Denzel, and that's not no slight to him. It's just I think that he's transcended so much that he is himself in yeah. every role. It's like I see Malcolm X in every role. I yeah. See uh, Mo Better Blues in every role. I see. Mm -hmm. I can see each individual character in newer roles, if that makes sense. Yeah. And maybe yeah. I've seen too many of his movies and watched them too much. That could be that too. No, I get um, it. All right. Next up, this one's this one's this is a triple threat match. All right. Okay. You got Juice, New Jack City, or Boys in the Hood. Okay, we can eliminate New Jack City. Ooh. Easy. Why? Why is that, why so easy? I'm not saying you're wrong, but just I, well, I rewatched it recently and it was funny to me. It is funny. <laughs> and I really has this ever happened to you where you saw a movie so much younger or like or something general where you filled in plot holes in your own mind? Yeah, we're actually in the movie, like yes, yes. Like, that's why okay, I love Jones. When I watch Love Jones, I'm like, this movie is not hitting like it was. Or you fill in the plot holes, like in your right. mind. You, you actually created some other stuff that never yeah. was shown to get yourself <laughs> to the next scene. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Juice or Boys in the Hood. Head? Well, let me be self-centered and say Boys in the Hood because Nia Long's name was Brandy. In the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. The Wire, Snowfall, or uh, uh damn it, I'm lost my uh power. Sorry. Um, The Wire. Because you're from, yeah. the, from the I was an extra in The Wire. What? Hold on. What season? <laughs> I don't remember the season. I just remember there were two scenes. One, I'll tell you real quick. One, um. We were in the, we were in a bar with McNulty, and he was drunk in the bar with Bunk. No, he was with. He might have been by himself, but he was drunk in the bar, and we were all in the background, you know, sipping our yeah. fake beer or whatever. Um, he was really nice. He's actually really nice. And then there's another scene where we were outside, and I had a. <laughs> I hope nobody ever sees this. <laughs> Why am I telling you this? And I'm a wire fanatic. I'm gonna go right in there right now and pull out the DVD. You'll probably find it. There's a, a scene where they start shooting. We're outside and I have a baby carriage and I start running with the baby carriage. <laughs> What's who was shooting? I can't remember who it was like, you know, that whole crew, that whole yes. Oh, so this is this gotta was it this is like pre-Marlo or post-Marlo. I mean our uh Marlo. 
this was, I'm just trying to remember who was in it. It was, it was all like the corner boys though. So it was like, who was the, um, Oh, what was it? Was it with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, uh, with Michael, uh, not Michael, with Michael B. Jordan in them? No, 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 no. After the, so it's the second set of corner boys when they had like naming, um, what's the old boy Mac Wilds? It was the, yes, it was around that time. Or that season Wilds, or whatever his name is. With the school, that school season. Yep, the school. Yep. So season four, everybody go to season four, uh, <laughs> scope it. And just find out where she is running with a baby carriage. See somebody running bow-legged with a baby carriage. <laughs> trying not to laugh. <laughs> How did you even get into it being an extra in that? Because I thought I wanted to act. I thought I wanted to act. So I got in with, um, it's Pat Moran casting. If anybody wants to do extra work in, in D.C. or Baltimore, Pat Moran. Pat Moran casting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then that's, that's, see, this is why we do the whole thing. This is that. All right. Next up, this one's gonna be this is this is blackness at the highest level. Barack Obama, okay. Martha King, or Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Okay, damn man. You, <laughs> you been thinking. You didn't give me a I chance. Love, I have I have a whole thing around Malcolm X. I have a I whole agree. thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, this one, this one's gonna be it's gonna take you to another place with this one. Hopefully. All okay. right. Diane Carroll. Okay. All right. So you got that one. Mm -hmm. Triple threat match now. Okay. Eartha Kitt. And oh, my last person. Hold on. Hold on. And Pam Greer. Ooh. Um, different era, three different kind of eras. Yeah. Diane Carroll's too classy for me. Really? Too classy. <laughs> she said too classy. I need, I need a little edge on you. Um Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt's I mean, a quirky, it's a quirky girl. Lady Bird uh Johnson or whatever, right? Legend. She played Lady Bird? Lady no, Bird. no, she slapped her. Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> like no, 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 that she, happened. <laughs> a lot of makeup. <laughs> no, she slapped slapped her supposedly back in the day. That's how she got uh blackballed. Oh, okay. Well, see, that makes oh. me like her even more. <laughs> yeah, she got blackballed for a little bit because she got into it, they got into it with her like at some dinner or something and slapped. I was like, oh, she's a gangster. Like, they was doing housewives uh, back then. Like, yeah, she's dope. She's just, she's a quirky, quirky woman. Was a quirky woman. Yeah. Yeah. All, All right. right. Martin Lawrence or Will Smith? Um, I just said, oh, like, damn. <laughs> um, that, it felt like it was too negative. They're like, I didn't even use it. It's like I didn't have, a, didn't have an affirmative positive. <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping for a third. Let me see. <laughs> Will Smith. Will Smith. What, you don't like Martin? Um, Because because when I said Martin, your face kind of scringed up at the beginning. Like, I hope it's somebody else. No, but I like them for different, completely different reasons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I like Martin, though. All right. Chris Rock or Chris Tucker? Chris Rock. All right. Just pretty fast on that one. Yeah. Dave Chappelle or Eddie Murphy? Oh, my knee jerk was Dave Chappelle, but then I'm like, oh. Dave Chappelle, you know, with go with my first my first reaction. Yeah. All right. This is going. This is going to go. Oh, we're going. We're going old school. Vanity or Apollonia? Oh wow, you did go old school. <laughs> now we really showing our age right now. Right? <laughs> Vanity. For sure. Ooh, so you okay? So you you felt that 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 uh, Apollonia was just a little slide replacement for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> That's what we all did. I, there is a version of Sex Shooter with Vanity singing it online. Oh yeah, I'm not Apollonia. Yeah, it's a version with Vanity singing it. Okay, it's, it's it's pretty. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's like a demo version, so it's not like a, a version you want to like play play because it's not polished. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like I'm that. looking up. Yeah, Rick James or Prince? Prince. Right. I'm obsessed with Prince. So you can I'm, pick him over Michael Jackson too, I'm assuming. No, I pick Michael Jackson during the day, Prince at night. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, oh, because you don't want to see Michael at night because you you know. No, I'm just like Michael Jackson is party music, and then yeah. Prince is you know it's the nighttime. Or, <laughs> adult you know. time. Yeah. <laughs> Prince is adult time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, this is our last one. Okay. On this is that 
This one is uh, hopefully it's a, stumped you a little bit. All right. James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman? That is one that would stump me. James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman? See, I was gonna say I was gonna say James Earl Jones got the voice, but so does Morgan Freeman. Yeah, so this one got the voice. I just James Earl Jones is more just classic to me. We're gonna go with him. And he's Darth Vader. And he, I mean, come on. <laughs> and he's Darth Vader, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, tell us, do you have any plays that people should be checking out, like they're going to Broadway or anything where they like, if they're if this comes to your area or if you can go to Broadway, check these out. Um, kind of on your radar. Not necessarily maybe you've reviewed them, but like they're on your radar of like, yo, I want to go peep that or we, you should go check that out. I just got tickets to see Fat Ham. Um, that's playing on it on Broadway now. Um, I've also I saw some like it hot on Broadway, which was really good. So it's the remake of the movie. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, but Fat Ham, that's that's the main one. Um, fat Ham, like fat, like Fat Ham. Fat Ham, H A M, Fat Ham, which is it's it's like a black retelling of Hamlet. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see this. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. deal. It's a big deal. Oh yeah, this looks fly right here. Yeah, so that's the one. Ooh, fat ham. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Fat so, ham. Who, it, wow. So, so who is anybody that is a actor now that we know that would be in this? Or is all? I don't. I don't recognize anybody in it. I'm sure okay. they're probably, you know, Broadway known, but right. But I'm saying like you know is, uh, you know. Don Cheeto in it is no. the main as as Hamlet or something. No. Mm. Ooh, I'm interested. So, okay, my last one before we really wrap up. What do okay. you think about a Macbeth with Denzel? Did you see that? I saw it. Um, I thought he. I thought he, it was nice to see Denzel kind of not be Denzel. Yeah. <laughs> you know that was cool. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was. I thought it was well done. Yeah, I mean, Beth is my favorite Shakespeare play. Like, it's really, got, it's got the dopest lines. It's got like everything, you know. Like, Macbeth was a crazy dude, but he got all the one-liners. He got all the dope <laughs> uh, Shakespeare. I don't know what how high he was them nights, but he was coming up with some shit them nights. Uh, when, <laughs> yeah, when he, when he, with that pen, that one. I just saw this um this really goofy play. It's called The Complete Works of William Shakespeare, and it's like a spoof of all his. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Have you it's seen cool. all his plays? No, I haven't seen all of Shakespeare's plays. I should, like, right? Seventy of them, right? There's, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. seen all like the highlights of the ones that they, you know, make you read in school. Yeah. I've seen those, but yeah, like I, like I, when I was a kid, I had to do comedy of the comedy of errors. Have you ever seen that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to do one. I, I was, I played one of the uh, the princes, uh, the, the twin princes, and everything. Okay, in, in great. In eighth grade, yeah. you know, that was. You know, I, I changed it up. I was trying to have them all kind of hood and stuff, you know, like See, now I'm gonna try to cast you in one of my plays now. Look, I look, I had him doing cocaine in there and I got in trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh. In eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. Like, I was okay. Okay. I thought okay. you got some more. You got some drum, drum mo. you got some more. It's just been drink like wine. I was like, <laughs> I'm mad at you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you go, if you cast the crooked cop doing cocaine, I'm I'm in. You're in. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna in. write it now. I'm gonna write it. Look, look, I want it to happen. Doing cocaine, I'm in with three different women. He's trying to get away from. Well, you just wrote the play for me. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, Mike Checker. Where can people hit you up? And I know you don't like people necessarily all up in your, your all your, up in my stuff. Yeah. No, I'm on Instagram. That's pretty much it. <laughs> So be be the creative, be be the creative. You don't want to get out your Twitter? No, we'll just we'll just go with it. You don't want me to tag you in the Twitter stuff when when, I, when we promote it, huh? You can, you can, you can. <laughs> see, I use see, see Twitter is where I talk about people from Instagram, so I like to keep those worlds separate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's like the kid, like where they talk about their, like they go to like a private school, they talk about their home friends, 
at the private school. Right, and right. Kids at the home. <laughs> exactly. See, you understand. I mean, I went to private school <laughs> for high school, so I, I understand. <laughs> Even though we want gospel, but I get I get the process. The process okay. Of okay. Well, thank you for doing my checker. I appreciate this so much. I'm glad you came. I think people will really enjoy this. This is dope. Like I you, hope so. I hope I didn't yeah. bore everybody to hear. Production field and things like that, and you know that they interesting story. It's a great story. Yeah. Oh, and people can check out Wild Horses if you go yes. on Instagram. The link is in my bio to that play, so you can actually go and watch it. And they can watch Wild Horses. See, Wild I'll Horses. put it in. The, it'll be in the link in the description in the bio on this as okay. well, and then we you will link you directly to there, so you don't even have to go to her profile because we don't know if you she's talking about the people on Instagram or on Twitter. So we don't want you getting caught up in that <laughs> that space or whatever's going on there. So. Okay. We got some gang warfare going on. We don't okay. want to get caught up in it. So. Okay. Okay. Well, thank y'all for listening as always, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>